This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. Bobby, on the other hand, was a very smart player, although being one of the smallest players in the National Hockey League, but very smart, good playmaker, knowing when to go and not to go, tremendous around the net, and smart. And then there was another guy who played in the center uh, of these two guys who had a very strong back and a weak mind. <laughs> but I was regarded as the playmaker, but it wasn't so much me being a playmaker, it was the position that my two linemates were getting themselves into which made it easier for me. But was most instrumental in us being a success was the fact that the three of us playing together, we understood one another. We were very close friends. And we got along beautifully, uh, all three of us, you know. If you had a bad game or I had a bad game, we could tell each other what you did wrong and you wouldn't it would take offense to it. The three of us uh, were all in one bedroom, huge bedroom, at Moss Knows. Ate our meals together there and everything else. So uh, it was a togetherness that I dealt any other line in the National Hockey League, although there was a lot of successful lines, but I don't think they enjoyed the togetherness that we had. Though near or far Like a song of love that clings to me How the thought of you does things to me Never before has someone been more unforgettable in every way. And forevermore, that's how you'll stay. That's why, darling, it's incredible That someone so unforgettable Thinks that I am unforgettable too Someone so unforgettable 
thinks that I am unforgettable too. Welcome to another edition of The Stretcher on Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Well, we're going to come in today and, and open up with a whole montage for USA Hockey, and we'll, we'll still do that. The game will already be underway as they take on Russia in the World Junior Championships in Montreal in the semifinals, right, to play for gold at the Bell Centre tomorrow. But as I was literally pulling back into the parking lot here at ESPN New Hampshire in Nashua, I got a call. And uh, it turned out to be a, uh, a sad call. Somebody very close to Milt Schmidt informed me that the great Bruin, Uncle, Uncle Milty, as they called him around TD Garden, around the Bruins on Causeway Street, and until this day, a man you could probably call Mr. Bruin, the greatest ambassador of the team ever, has passed away at the age of 98. Born on March 5th, 1918. To put that in perspective, that was before the curse had been set on the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, that should, that should really put it in perspective for you. But this man uh, meant so much to the Boston Bruins, to this hockey community, and to the hockey community in general, and to pro sports in general. He was the famed member of the Kraut line, a hockey hall of famer. And he also served for his country in the middle of his career and came back and won the Hart Trophy as MVP. To put it lightly, they don't and will never make him like Milt Schmidt again. Rest in peace, Uncle Milty. And I'll tell you, I'm at, this is hitting me a bit right now, folks. Uh, as you know, I had the pleasure of covering the Bruins. 13 years, and interviewed Mr. Schmidt many times. Had him on the air on a couple uh, former radio shows I hosted. One time I remember in particular was when he was on during uh, Veterans in Remembrance Day talking about going to war and serving his country and coming back and playing and how they would play hockey over in Germany. And overseas to sort of pass the time, distract him from the war and, and what was really going on. And it's just, uh, it's something. I mean, you think about the story of him being carried off the ice by the Canadians, the Bruins' arch enemies, before he went to war. I mean, like, just think about that. You're never going to see something like that again. It's a kraut line. Schmidt, Bauer, and Dumart enlisted in the Canadian military, as well as Frankie Brimzik. And they found, uh, they found a distraction playing for the uh, Ottawa RCF team, RCAF team, winning the Allen Cup before heading overseas and then playing over there. And then they came back. Came back in 1946. He finished fourth in the league in scoring in 1947. 
He was named captain in 1951 and ended up winning the Hart Trophy that year. And he retired partway through the 54-55 season to take over as head coach of the Boston Bruins. And, I mean, you know, people think Bruins, yeah, they're going to think Bobby Orr, like Tom King said, but they think Milt Schmidt, too. I mean, this guy, he epitomized class. You had to, you had to meet him to understand. And, you know, I, I think it was, it was this past year, right? I mean, we had Russ on. We played that interview last week. We played the replay yeah. of it. Uh, it was October when they celebrated the 50th anniversary of Bobby Orr playing the first game, right? And, and Milt Schmidt was there, right? Do we have any clips of that? Will both captains please come forward for tonight's ceremonial puck drop? So that was them on the ice for Bobby Orr's uh, 50th anniversary of him entering the NHL, playing his first game. And then chills it, watching. This yeah, and then he and then he hung out with the media after, and I, I just remember him. Do we have? Can you find? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Let's play it because he was cracking jokes left he and right. He was hilarious with the media, and he was talking to Bobby. Didn't oh, he like thrilled. something about stealing oh, 20 bucks or something? Oh yeah. Joking. All right, let's let's play that right now. <laughs> Can't wait to see the photo. <laughs> it's going to be outstanding. No, it's, this is a thrill. I mean, this this man paved the way for us, and uh, uh, I appreciate it. Well, appreciate it. Well, as I said earlier, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are having the privilege of seeing hockey's greatest, and it wasn't only by my. Uh, Word that you, everybody knew he was the greatest, but it didn't matter who you talked to, he was the man. Mm. And believe me, he had a lot to do with this championships that we had. Keep going, Keep going. Keep going. You think that you think that he's not right? <laughs> Bobby, many of us believe that you are the greatest player well, ever. You. Do you thank believe you. that Milt is the greatest Bruin ever? I would, I would go with that. Yes, I would. I would go with you, Milty, being the greatest Bruin ever. He's got to say that because I'm sitting right beside him. <laughs> The way he played, I didn't. I didn't see Milty play. I've, I've seen a little video. Heard a lot about him. Uh, he's a, wasn't very big. He was talking earlier about smallish players. Uh, wasn't very big, but he, he had a heart this big on the ice, and that's how he played. And he was uh, a great player, and um, he's a, a wonderful individual. He's a he's a 
great man and a great friend to all of us. Well, I yes. try to be. Oh, you're a great friend, man. It's great to have him with us. <laughs> Bobby, what does it mean for both of you guys to share this moment, your 50th anniversary and Milt's 80th anniversary? Well, I'm thrilled. Uh, I've known Milt longer than 50 years. I've known Milt 54 years. Milty scouted me <laughs> when I was 12 years old. <laughs> and I've known Milty uh, obviously for a long time. He's been a great friend. He's uh, been my coach, my general manager, and uh, most importantly, my uh, a very good friend. And I'm thrilled to be with him here tonight. Bobby, do you remember <laughs> stepping on the ice 50 years ago? And what was that like? Oh, I, sh I sure do. I, re I remember, uh, first of all, going to my first training camp in London, Ontario. Uh, in those days, we went to training camp to get in shape. We trained for five to six weeks. Um, at the London, I can remember going in, getting my key, going to my room, and, and uh, there's a guy laying on the bed in his underwear with a little bit of a belly, smoking a cigar. And I looked, and I said, oh my God. I said, hello, Mr. Busick. He <laughs> says, you call me Chief or John. So John was my first roommate, and during that camp, um, it was a courtyard and the GM had a room over there and it came time for the players to go over to find out where they were heading and I got my call, received my call and I went over and they told me to come to Boston to finish training camp and I remember staying at the Madison, coming to the Boston Garden my first time, although we had been here a couple times with Oshawa and Niagara Falls playing, but to go to the dressing room and, and the equipment is set up, pretty special and I certainly remember the first game, yes. Bobby, what do you remember you about that game? I remember Gordy Howe hitting me <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and uh, knocking me down. Oh, you remember that? Uh, oh, I remember that. Uh, uh, it's funny, when, when I was a very young boy, Gordy Howe came to Perry Sound to, uh, to do an appearance for a, for a store that he worked for, and, and I was fortunate enough to go fishing with him. I love to fish. He likes to fish. I love to fish. And, uh, he says, so son, he says, you want to play in the NHL? Oh, I would love to play in the NHL. And he says, well, he says, if you ever get there, he says, watch for my elbows. So, <laughs> so he showed me his elbows the first night. But, uh, and it was a win. We won six. We beat Detroit that night, I think, 6-2. And uh, uh, I did. I was watching my pretty pass, and Gordy put me on my seat. <laughs> I mean, when I came here, you know, uh, you know, this stuff was written about this player that was coming, and he was going to do a lot. And, after my first year, uh, we were in last place. <laughs> uh, the year before, they were in fifth. <laughs> so I didn't really do a whole lot. But then <clears throat> watching how it came together, I mean, you know, Johnny McKenzie was here, Chief was here, Eddie Westfall was here, uh, Dallas was here, um, Gary Doak was here, Don Allery was here. So a group of guys that became very important to our team as the years went on. And then uh, Derek came, Donnie Marcotte came. And then Mr. Schmidt made the deal for, for the three Chicago boys, and now we're going. <laughs> so to be part of that was, was very, very special. And uh, to, to be part of growing up in Canada and um, always wanting to be a professional player, and, and my dream was to be on a Stanley Cup team. And I can see it like it was yesterday, Chief Cup overhead around Boston Garden. So you hear Bobby Orr there and the respect and the admiration and appreciation he has for a guy like Milt Schmidt. Okay, that's Bobby Orr. I mean, that's the, you know, the player that some, like myself, kind of refer to as God. Greatest ever, yeah. Yeah, the second coming of Christ. 
so if God <laughs> is respecting Milt Schmidt that much, I mean, it just speaks volumes. And, and the volumes don't need to be spoke, but it's just an it's example. Un- it's understood. It's an example of the respect this man had throughout the hockey world and in life. And, you know, he's one of the kindest. Uh, and, he, uh, you know, we say kindest, yes, he was kind, but he was one tough SOB, too. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, sure. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, you know, in, let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're looking last night, and we'll talk about it later. We've got Chris Forsberg coming on at the end of the hour to talk some Celtics. And we're definitely going to get into Jay Crowder, and I'm not sure if Christian and King discussed it or not, but they, they touched uh, on it a little bit. You know, bit. Jay Crowder took to Twitter last night and to the media complaining about fans chanting the name of another player. Yeah. And it wasn't even that bad, but that is a perfect example of where pro sports is today. I I don't blame Jay Crowder. I mean, he's just he's a byproduct of the culture yeah. that is pro sports today. Milt Schmidt was the antithesis of that. If if a guy was chanting the opposing player's name, Milt Schmidt's just going to go out there and beat the hell out of that yeah, opposing player or he's going to he's going to score. Yeah. And that's that. And, and you know, that's how it was done then. And, and he epitomized that and you see you see that over the years, you would see that rub off on some of the Bruins. And one guy I know that is going to be really saddened by this, many will, but one current Bruin I know, and I'd be very interested to see his response to this, is Patrice Bergeron. And I think, you know, I, I've compared Bergeron to Schmidt and to John Bellevue, this generation's version of those two gentlemen. And... You know, I, I'd really, I, I'm interested to see what Bergeron's reaction will be. I know he was very touched by Schmidt throughout his career from the second he arrived here, just like Bobby was. So, um, you know, we've got a good show in store for you. We're going to, uh, we'll get some guests on most likely tomorrow. Maybe we can reach out to our good friend Russ Conway. I know he was close with Milt uh, to try and get him on tomorrow to discuss uh, the passing of Milt Schmidt. Uh, but quickly, we'll run down the schedule. Like I said, we got an open segment coming up. The next segment, you want to call up if you have any Milt Schmidt memories, if you were touched by this wonderful man, 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900. You can give us a ring. We'll leave the next segment, segment completely open. Talk about Milt Schmidt if you want. We're also going to talk about the World Juniors that is underway, the semifinal game, USA-Russia. We've got Chris Forsberg of ESPN Boston at 340 to discuss the Boston Celtics and the Jay Crowder tweets. Uh, We've got some Patriots sound we'll play at the top of the hour. Belichick didn't speak today, but we've got some stuff we can play. They've been talking a lot this week in anticipation of getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, Bill Burt will come on and talk about that as well from Lawrence Eagle Tribune. And then at uh, 4.45, we have a special guest. As I told you, we have tickets to give away over the next couple of weeks. UNH will be playing there January 14th at the Capital One uh, Frozen Fenway Games there in Fenway Park. The outdoor rink's are already out there. And Fred Olson, the Senior Director of Special Events for the Boston Red Sox and Fenway Sports Management, will join us at 4.45 to discuss that. We'll then talk to Mark Spector of Sportsnet about the Edmonton Oilers, the Bruins' next opponent. I'm sure he'll have a Milt Schmidt story or two. And we'll talk to Mick Collagio, who will definitely be able to touch on Milt Schmidt to close out the show. So stay with us here 
The stretch run will continue on ESPN New Hampshire. Rest in peace, Uncle Milty. Unforgettable That's what you are Unforgettable Though near or far Like a song of love that clings to me How the thought of you does things to me Never before has someone been more Unforgettable in every way And forevermore that's how you'll stay That's why, darling, it's incredible That someone so unforgettable Thinks that I am unforgettable too You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with November's Male Student Athlete of the Month, Jaruk Hassan from Bedford High School. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a senior? This year as a senior, it's been very crazy football-wise, like winging an OT versus Merrimack. What schools are you looking at? I'm looking at Northeastern, St. Lawrence. It's a lot of good educational schools in New England. What are you looking to major in? I'm looking to go into pre-med. How excited are you about D1 football state? champion. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Our whole team is definitely very excited. It's the first one in DHS history for football to actually come out with a win this year. It's incredible and definitely to be a captain of that team and finally put that banner up. Tell me a little bit about your volunteer work. During the summer I was a volunteer at the Elliott Hall. I did a lot of volunteer with the National TV, so like HRC, FBI, Harvard, National Arts Society School, so there's a lot of volunteer work that I have to do with them. I volunteer for blood drives and I actually put on a dodgeball tournament last year for the Children Miracle Network. We donated like around a thousand what inspires you to participate in all this volunteer work? I know a lot of people need our help, though. I just try to get back, try and do my part, and just volunteer my time. Is there anything else that you can really say that you got out of going to school in Bedford? Privilege to play sports here. It's amazing because all the coaches, they really care about you. Coach Stanks, like, I look at him like as my best friend, but when it's time to you know put on the pads, then he's definitely there to coach you up, too. So the teachers are amazing. They really care about you. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located at Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Hi. 
Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me in Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroidme-nashua.com or embroidme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner. All right, guys, huddle up. Coach's car battery died and he's running behind. And since I haven't been paying attention, I have no idea what plays we run or what most of your names are, for that matter. So what I'll do is I'm going to pop this antacid tablet. I'll fall down. I'll fake a heart attack. And then you guys act shocked and concerned and stuff. And hopefully that'll buy me enough time for the coach to get here. All right, team on three. Make sure you'll be there. Get a car battery test today. Find a location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome. Sergeant R.J. Anderson's dream was to take to the skies. I've always wanted to be a soldier, but my ultimate goal was to be a pilot. I think I was meant to, to fly. I had just applied to be a part of the 160th SOAR Regiment, and I was going to airborne school that next Monday. So I decided to go on a motorcycle ride with my buddies. We were going through a turn, and that's all I remember. That's the day everything changed. I was told by the doctor that I would never walk again. Thanks to Paralyzed Veterans of America, competing in adaptive sports lit my fire again. They help you transition for the rest of your life to that individual that you want to be. Sports like hand cycling really pushes you to, to find who you are in that redefining moment after injury. With PVA Sports, I've, I've found my freedom. Now when I think about my future, the possibilities are endless. For more information, visit pva.org, a public service of Paralyzed Veterans of America. Let's kick into action! Join us, the Hanover High School Girls JV Soccer Team, as we sweat for good while we run, walk, hike, and bike to help kids just like us at the 11th Annual Chad Hero, presented by Positive Tracks on Sunday, October 16th on the Dartmouth Green. Yeah, come on, it's going to be a blast. Visit ChadHero.com for more info and to register. Heroes together! From Laconia to Boston, the seacoast to Fitchburg, this is 1250 Manchester, ESPN, New Hampshire. Great moments are born from great opportunities. That's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you earned here tonight. One game. If we play them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. We were born to be hockey players, 
everyone yeah. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Before the game, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. I think it was some disrespect to me uh, from the fans. Uh, and that, that sparked a little fire in me. Yeah, so that did motivate you. Cause, yeah, of course. Cause, and you, five three pointers tied the career high. Right? What, what was going on there? Just be aggressive. Yeah. So I just felt disrespected. Deals it on the right wing. Picked off here by Felino. Fire scores! Unassisted goal by the captain, Nick Felino. Atkinson's got it, chips it off the wall. The Columbus Blue Jackets have just become just the second team in National Hockey League history to win 16 consecutive games, trailing only the 1992-93 Penguins, who won 17 in a row. Here's Ravulov with it. Alexander Ravulov to Shea Weber. Goals! Shea Weber from Alexander Radulov. What a homecoming. It's a 1-1 game. Second power play opportunity for Team USA. Down low, Greenway front, White down. He scores! Colin White. He has done it again. This one a power play goal. Team USA with a 1-0 lead. The U.S. get a chance to get on power play again. Clayton Keller. Down low, Greenway. Stuff and 10. He scores! Thompson for Terry. Looking to go back to our score. Jeremy Brocko. continue to, to play the way we've been playing and you know it gets more serious now in elimination round but uh, you know we got to continue to go with what's been working. Now stolen back, centering pass, losing by the score! Spears on the centering pass from Stevens and the game is tied! Works it back in front of Dubay and it goes through his feet. Now Shabbat walks in, what a move by Shabbat! And he shoots, scores! Thomas Shabbat, what a goal! Canada's got the
And welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. Hopefully, uh, USA is feeling the vibes we just sent out with that intro there. Absolutely love that kid doing the Herb Brooks. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. Remember when that went viral? Do you remember that? No, I don't oh, exactly yeah, it was, remember that. It was like it after viral. the movie came out. Right away. And his parents did, you know, film the doing that, and it went. <laughs> he was on, like, Good Morning America. He was on Ellen oh, and awesome. all this stuff. He, he, he went out and, like, uh, on the ice at a Bruins game, at a Wild game, I think uh, at a Red Sox game. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was perfect, though. He's got the suit. He's got, uh, yeah, I love the video of the suit. It, 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 Comes out, bangs it, the air hockey like, table. Screw him. <laughs> <laughs> Comes out, and bangs the air hockey table. I and, of course, it. the uh, the Americans are playing the former Soviet Union today, so I figured that was appropriate. Very appropriate. Uh, they are trailing one nothing. Very late in the first period, 140 and counting left. If you buy a TV, it's on NHL Network right now. Put it on. Highly suggest you turn it on uh, at the Bell Center, too. Great venue, as we discussed with Charlie McAvoy, Team USA defenseman, BU defenseman, and future Boston Bruin defenseman. Uh, So definitely put that on if you can, and we'll continue to give you updates here in the stretch run. Uh, You know... We broke that news. I was the first to uh, have uh, that information on Milt Schmidt. Yeah. And there's going to be, and I understand it, there's going to be some, likely the Bruins. Yes. Yeah. And others who, uh, you know, maybe get mad. Oh! USA. 1-1. Oh. 56 seconds who left. That? In the first period. Uh, I think... Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, the, the flow. I thought the flow looked familiar. It was waved off. Let's see. Let's see. That flow looked familiar. But, you know, there's going to be some, like I was saying, Justin, and they're yeah. going to say, you know, that's not the type of news you want. No, it is. And I'm not breaking it to be the that first. guy. Yeah, the you're first. Not that guy. I'm breaking yeah. it because it's news. And he's he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And that's news. Mr. Bruin. Like that's, that's and it's big. something I wanted to discuss. I mean, it 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 personally touched me. I mean, you saw me. I said yeah. to you, I, yeah, I was balling up. I almost oh, lost I it, it on the I air. Saw it. You know, I mean, this guy really touched me. Like he was one of those guys when you, you'd walk away from talking to him. And I've told you stories like this where you know, even like we come off the air with Russ Conway, where I'm like, you know what? Wow. I might be struggling. Times might be tough, or I might be having a bad do- time doing this. But I'm the lucky. I'm a lucky guy. Yeah, I get I get to talk to these guys for a living. Yeah, this is what I do. To, to, to be able to get paid to do that, or let alone do it, period. Do it, period. Yeah, it's unreal. It's and, and so, you know, that's why I wanted to get it out there. And I hope for those listening that are that are old enough to have Milt Schmidt memories or appreciate the man and the player he was, that that's what's going through your head right now. I, I hope you you're listening, or you know, and if you are, call up. 603-883-9900. We've got all day to talk about Mill Schmidt. And I would love to hear your memories because, you know, I would imagine if you're over my age, I'm 42. If you're, you're you know, 55 or over, you probably get a lot more than me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so give us your memories. You know, hit me up on Twitter at Murphy's Law 74. Uh, station Twitter at ESPN NH. Show Twitter is at the stretch run and H and the Americans and the Russians are headed to the first intermission, nodded 
at one. And that's a huge, huge goal needed, at the end there by that. Colin White, by the way, <laughs> Boston College needed that one. center, uh, who is the comedian of that team, Justin. Really? Uh, yeah, the you should look it up. They did a great profile on him on uh, NHL Network. He is the jokester. They had nice. him mic'd during a practice, and, and the guy <laughs> is pretty funny. Love that. So, Love it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, like, like we said, they're never going to – they're never going to make them the way they made yeah. a guy like Milt Schmidt. Just not going to happen ever again. But I'm wondering, Justin, for your lifetime, yeah, growing up around Boston sports, or even just national sports, is there, is there a guy to you, a player to you, that epitomizes a pro and a, a person that exudes class and respect? Is there someone... That still does that. Are there still any of those guys yeah. in sports? Well, and who would it be for you? To me, the the clo- and you said it earlier. The closest thing from from my vantage Number point is Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, he's the the definition of of class. And to me, that's that's the model guy. You know, I got eight nieces and nephews. If I'm, you know, and they play hockey too, I'm telling them Patrice Bergeron. Don't look at anybody else other than that guy. That's the guy you want to be. And you know, I don't think there's ever going to be another player that can. Do what Milt Schmidt did, which is go to war and then come back and win the MVP. Like that, won't, <laughs> that does, like that does not going to happen. I again. mean, and, and and Christian said, you know, we had what Pat Tillman, yeah. right after nine eleven, yes, but he was well, he, he was, unfortunately never came back. Y- yes, but you know, but when I, you know, Pat Tillman was not not to that extent, but though. he wasn't that's, a superstar. Yeah, he's not the skill level. That's yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. You know, we there's plenty. You know, like for me, current teams. I'm just thinking of Matt Slater just won the. Bart Starr Award, you know, community service and, and being a leader and all that stuff. And there's plenty of those guys around in this area because that's what, you know, this area is built up to be. It's all about the class and, and excellence. But he's a special teamer. He's not a he's not an all he's not an MVP. He's not Tom Brady like, you know, he's not crazy in that sense. Tom Brady's a pretty good example. He's a good guy off the field for the most part. Everything you read there, you know, he's doing all the work for cancer and, and with kids. But there's never gonna be anything. But he, you close don't see to Tom that. Brady Cracking jokes yeah, exactly. like that he's, with expatriates and stuff. He's guarded. He's political. He's very guarded. He's, he's guarded. Political. He's political. There's, there's never going to be another player like Milt Schmidt that could go to war and then come back and yeah. win an MVP. And, and it just I doesn't think, happen and, and, that and way. And it's not. This isn't to knock. No, that's just how it is. Any, you know, the, you know, the, the kids. Uh, the, yeah. You know, I call them kids. They're not really kids of your age. But yeah. the, the young adults today. Yeah. You know, it's not. That's just our culture, man. And I, I, I and we're going to get into a discussion about it with uh, Chris Forsberg yeah. in a bit. But it's, it's. Social media, for all its wonderful things, and it's great. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And it's changed, you know, the journalism landscape and the media landscape. But it's also changed our culture in a negative way, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we've all... It's a shield for yeah, most people. And I think because of that, the the players today or the athletes today are going to be much more sensitive and guarded. Yeah. And they, don't, they, they can get... They say one wrong thing. On Twitter or anywhere else, and their career could be over. You know, right. it could be blo- it could blow up in in their face. And I think that, you know, going to Jay Crowder last night, he's a very emotional player. He's a very emotional guy, and he takes things to heart, which is good. I love that. I, I love, love that too. I love that about him. I love that he plays with an edge. And quite frankly, this team needs that guy. You know, what happened when he wasn't there before? They were awful. They were awful. They couldn't play defense. And all of a sudden, he comes back, and there's a spark. So I love that about him. But at the same time. Yeah, just why are you calling out your fans? Like that's you don't need to call out the fans. 
they, they, they see a player that they like in Gordon Hayward, who a lot of people like, who very well might be on this team next year. He could sign here as a free agent. Don't get all don't get all mad about that. That's not something to go to. Tw- don't take to Twitter about that. Twitter's become a shield for people where they can just, you know, I'm 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 annoyed, so I'm just going to go on a rant. I mean, look at Donald Trump. He, the tweeting at six a.m. Like you yeah. can just hide that, behind. That's a perfect example. You, know, you can get on Twitter and just go on a rant for, you know, from six a.m. to eight a.m. And, and that's our president. And uh, yeah, and that's our president, and he can say whatever he wants on there. And no one's really going to call. I mean, yeah, they're going to call him out on it, but there's nothing you can do about it. It's just a place for them to vent and. It's it's kind of sad that you you really get to take to Twitter about that if you're really upset about it. And he came out and said it in the media too. Jay Crowder did so. I, good for you on that. You stuck behind it, and I I like to see what he has to say afterwards. I'd like to see what he has to say today and tomorrow and going forward. But that's just Twitter's just you don't need to go to Twitter with that. That's just that's not it's not necessary. No, you know? and no. and it's it's I understand where he's coming from too. Where it's a guy that plays the same position. They're both forwards. You know they're both about the same height. He's thinking that it's his job that could be gone. I personally am not doing that. If I'm getting Gordon Hayward, he's coming here, and you're going to put him next to him. Because Jay Crowder is right. a, Jay Crowder is a, a, a huge part of this team. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. And that's the thing, too. Don't let fans dictate anything to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm, I, I'm a media. Jay, yeah. I shouldn't be dictating anything to you. Yeah. Go, go to Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens and ask them. Don't go on Twitter yeah. fighting it. You know, just go talk. Hey, man, that kind of bothered me. Is there anything to that? Do I have to worry? You know, something like that. But yeah. we're going to talk about that. And all things Celtics with Chris Forsberg from ESPN Boston here in the next segment on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. So stay with us. We'll be. Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice two. Now you're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no, it's just... And this, guy, and this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns residents in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Jeez, three states, come on. Weekdays, noon to three, on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to begin. So I went to see Paul at our neighborhood Ace. I told Nate we have everything he needs to help him repair their home, from a wide selection of paint colors, craftsman tools, and the best lawn and garden brands. Ace is a place with exactly what you need, starting with help. Ace Hardware now is a brand-new store in Nashua on Pearl Street downtown. That's right, a brand-new Ace Hardware store in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua Ace Hardware is a division of Nashua Wallpaper. Are you looking for the perfect gift this season? Want to avoid the malls and long lines this year? How about Omaha Steaks? And for only $49.99, you can get my family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com. Enter the promo code DANP in the search bar, and that's 77% off. So for less than $50, two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, 
four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, a 12-ounce package of all beef meatballs, four potatoes all gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, and also one Omaha steak seasoning packet. Plus, get four additional kielbasa sausages free. All of this for less than $50. If you're looking for convenient and quick shopping for those on your list, go to omahasteaks.com and enter my promo code DANP in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77% savings. OmahaSteaks.com and the promo code DANP. It's the gift guaranteed to be a hit. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata, and when you hear the word colorblind, what do you picture? Most people assume that all individuals with colorblindness can only see in shades of gray, but that's a common misconception. The truth is, there are different types of colorblindness, each resulting in an inability to see certain colors in the usual way. So, a cherry red looks like an odd shade of blue, and traffic lights appear to be different shades of yellow-green. Yikes! That makes things like driving, especially driving or cooking, or picking clothes for a job interview, a real challenge. The good thing is, for most people, living with colorblindness is just a matter of making adaptations, such as special tags for clothing and unique prescription lenses. From disabilitycampaign.org, if you think you or your child may have a color vision deficiency, please contact your eye care practitioner to schedule a test. What you hear? Now you can read it with daily blogs on ESPNNHradio.com. Shut up! Yeah, so that did motivate you. Cause, yeah, of course. And, and you, five three-pointers tied a career high. Right? What, what was going on there? Just be aggressive. Yeah. So I was just for disrespecting Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. And, you know, whenever we bring our next guest on, I like to throw some 80s music at him. And I just felt like maybe uh, this one really fit our topic of the day when it comes to the Boston Celtics. And uh, joining me right now is Chris Forsberg of ESPN Boston. How you doing, Chris? 
Murph, it's going down. No one puts more thought into their music bed than you do. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, that one's perfect. Like, no, no, you hit both the double whammy. You got both an '80s hit and uh, the perfect song for the Jay Crowder situation. And, and look, and I'm going to let you uh, give your side of it in a second. I just want to get mine out there quick. Is that we originally I was going to open a show venting about it, but uh, I, I don't know if you've heard <laughs> the tragic news by now that Milt Schmidt has passed away. Oh. Yeah, in 98, he passed away. I got the news literally uh, from one of his good friends right as I was coming on the air. So things kind of took a shift there. Um, but, you know, my take on that is, does a guy have a right to be frustrated? Sure. And and and, and sh- do I love that emotion? Like Justin S- Sullivan here, my board op said, yeah, we love that emotion. But there's a time and a place, and it's not on Twitter. And I, I want to get your take on that. And, you know, you were there. You you. We're there for the sound. You were there when he said these things. Uh, just your reaction to it. Yeah, so I, I think I agree. Like, if he just left it at what we heard there in the opening, where he expressed frustration at just the, them cheering Gordon Hayward, then then maybe it would have been all right. It was the fact that he then sort of, like, I, don't, I felt like he must have been tweeting from the parking lot because it came right after he uh, talked to us, uh, you know, to, to then take it to the next level and, and kind of go on social media um, that made it a bigger story than it was. And the fact that, you know, he's retweeting someone who said, come back to the Mavs, and, you know, someone said, and of course, like, because nothing is civil on Twitter, people start going at him, like, hey, man, if you don't like it here, you can leave. And he goes, well, maybe I will. You know, it just, it, it was, it just kind of ballooned into something that it didn't need to. And, you know, I don't want to absolve him from, from blame, because I do think he needs to come out tomorrow when the Celtics resume practice, and uh, you know, apologize and say that it, it took away a little bit from a very good win against a good team. Uh, it diminished what Isaiah did with the 15 assists. It diminished what Jay did on his own with those five three-pointers. And a, I think he tied his season high for points. Um, you know, you can't have those sort of distractions. And so I think he just needs to sort of own it and say uh, all the right things. Like, hey, I love Boston and I'm, like, I made a mistake. And he doesn't even have to believe it. But he needs to take some accountability there and understand that there's a balance, and he straddled that line, and he went to the wrong side of it in this one. And, you know, I I tweeted it last night after seeing that, and then just, you know, thinking about some other things we've seen recently. I mean, you could look at, uh, like, Richard Sherman uh, not coming out to talk to the media and some of the things he had to say about the media on Twitter. And, and you know, we've discussed it a little here uh, earlier in the show, Chris. uh, It's a different culture now, you know, and I know you're – not quite as old as me, but you're close to me in age. And, you know, athletes today, I don't know if it's because of social media that they seem more sensitive or what, but it, it seems like, in general, I think they just need a little thicker skin. I mean, this is part of playing pro sports. And it, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, some of the things that people say, but it's going to happen. And you have to understand that. And you cannot, by any means, let it be shown that it's distracting you from the game you have to play. Yeah, and again, if, if he had just said, hey, you know what? You know what gave me a little extra motivation tonight? was hearing those people clap for, for Gordon Hayward. And, like, I wanted to show them that they've got a star on their side, too. And, you know, leave it at that. And it would have been fine. And people actually would have ate that up. That would have been like, look at this guy. Yeah. He's speeding off, like, the simplest thing. It's just it got taken to another level. And, listen, I, I, we can we can understand it, right, Murph? Like, yeah. You know, it, you can avoid it. Like, you can you can avoid the, the, the comments on your article, but – it's hard to avoid the mentions on your Twitter feed. Like, I mean, you can try really hard, but they're, they're there. And right. so, um, you know, everybody has those moments where you say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this guy, you know, and or, you know, 
you want to fire back, but you, you just got to kind of walk away from it. And Brad Stevens was on the radio down here today, and he said as much like, you know, Jay understands that he needs to walk away from that situation. And it's, it, again, I go back to the balance. One of the things that makes this Celtics team so great is that they're all these sort of, they, they, they fancy themselves as underachievers, scrappy underdogs. They all got these huge chips on their shoulder. And that's what makes them sort of play to their potential because they just always feel like they're being disrespected. I mean, Isaiah finds motivation and everything. Someone looks at him the wrong way and all of a sudden he wants to go off for 50 points. And so that's a good thing. And again, it's all how you harness it. Uh, I agree. I think, you know, athletes can be a, a little bit sensitive. I mean, I think about it when we're tweeting at games now is because, again, these guys see all this stuff and you might make a simple joke and a guy's going to hold it against you for a month because, they think you're 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 needling their situation, so you got to kind of walk this line with them. Uh, I think you know. I think uh, most understand that, uh, and they hear a whole lot worse than what what we throw at them. So I, I don't think they 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 take too much stock in it. But it, it's still just a it's a new world with with Twitter and and uh, you know bless Brad Stevens for being able to. Uh, he said he deleted it from his phone. And, you know, if, if we could only all be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Hey, I've been guilty of it, too. I mean, I, on you know, reporters, we get criticized all the time. And sometimes you, you just you're like, oh, come on. But you got to you got to walk that line. I understand it. Now let's get to the basketball part of that, though. And, you, you know, I was asking uh, Justin, is the. Was he upset because he feels like maybe he would be part of that deal going there if that such a trade was to happen? Um, I think he's upset because the the, the the suggestion is that oh go get that guy he's a star he plays the same position and it, like it would be a free agent signing because Gordon's got a player option he can opt out at the end of the season the Celtics will have enough money to go get him like Hayward's just this intre- this, this sort of anomaly because they because of his relationship with Brad Stevens and having played for under him at, at, at Butler university. And there's just this, always this fascination, like, Oh, Brad definitely wants to go get this guy. He has a previous relationship with him. I, I kind of laugh because I, I don't, I don't, there's certainly something there. Like, I mean, they, they went to the national championship game together, you know, blossomed the, the Brad started this process of, of making Gordon, a, as he says, taking him from a skinny tennis player in high school to an NBA player. Uh, now it, 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 it and a guy who's on the verge of sort of that that superstar level, but you know I don't I think there's like probably ten or fifteen of those guys out there that the Celtics would love to have. He's just one of the the guys that would be available, um, you know. And and uh, to to my point to Jay would be, you know, you didn't seem to have a huge problem with it when the fans cheered Kevin Durant last year, and he sort of plays the same position. Now you, you get again you figure these things out like. Right. Someone can move to the to the power forward spot. You, you, Kevin had enough height to do that. Gordon is a little bit more difficult, but the point is, you know, I think what Jay doesn't like is the, the the insinuation that the Celtics need an upgrade at that position. Mm-hmm. You probably feel the same way if they cheered Jimmy Butler or any other of the of the talented swingmen in the league. Um, you know, the I, I, the one way I can I, I can say is, you know, I sit here and I watch the Celtics promote their three all their three would be all-stars, you know, in, in Isaiah and Horford and Avery Bradley, you know, it, Jay's having a really good season and it's sort of floated below the radar. I think he's just, you know, I, I hate to say it, he kind of just needs a hug. Like, you know, he's playing really well. I think he just finding he just wants to be acknowledged for what he's doing. 
uh, and maybe the fans were the were the tipping point. But Jay's had a great season, and and you know he's not the level right now of a Gordon Hayward, but he's playing at a he's playing at a high level. He's got the best what's called net rating on the team. They they play the best basketball when Crowder is on the court, and part of that is because he he plays so much with with the starters like Isaiah and and, and Horford. But uh, you know Jay Jay certainly deserves to be mentioned and and uh and spotlighted for what he's done this season for sure and another guy that i think and i don't think i mean i heard it today and i forget the guy's name already it was somebody from fox sports he was on a local station uh discussing that and then they got into some celtics talk and he was adamant that at this point brad stevens has his vote for coach of the year and that he should get a lot of spotlight right now for the job he's doing with the boston celtics and how he guided them uh, through, as we've discussed many times, some some rough waters this season. Your thoughts on that, and could if things continue to go the way they are, could that be a discussion towards the end of the season? Yeah, that's interesting to me because you know the Celtics were sort of pegged to be the number two team in the East. I think if you if you gauge the fan base, there's still some that think they've maybe underachieved to this point just because they haven't really beaten very very good teams like the Spurs and Oklahoma City and uh, Toronto. But you, you certainly, just like you mentioned, we've talked about it a ton, like that December schedule was crazy. Mm-hmm. And to deal with the injuries they did and to sort of keep their head above water and then to win eight of their last ten as they enter this, this stretch of, of a lot of home games, is certainly encouraging. I think Brad's done an excellent job. I don't know, you know, it, it, the, the thing about Coach of the Year is always you get to the end of the season and which teams overachieved the most. And that guy always seems to bubble up. And, um you know the good thing if you're if you're trying to peg Brad for that position right now is that no one in the East is exceeding expectations. Like you know Toronto and, and Cleveland were supposed to be up there. Same thing out West. I'm trying to think of a team that's you know Utah maybe like Quinn Snyder's doing a great job with that Jazz team. Mm. Uh, you know again, and that's part of the reason I think everyone's you know kind of frustrated that Jay picked that night to sound off. That was about as good of a win as they've had, albeit against a team that was coming off a of back to back, but. It's still a quality win, which you have few of this season. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely see a way for for Brad to to muscle into that. You know, the one thing is is you know what he'll ultimately be judged on. What I, I guess the irony here is that people will judge him based on how far he gets this team into the playoffs, and that right. award is typically a regular season award and how, how where they they land after eighty two. So, uh, but I, I think he'll be in that conversation. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think you know. People can have expectations all they want coming into a season, but I, I myself judge it on how you get through the tough times and whether you were a factor in, in guiding your team through that and if they came out of it on top. And, and they're not on top yet, but, I mean, they're, they're getting there. And I, I, I think that, you know, this team, combined with the expectations that they had coming in and what they're doing right now, I think it says a lot. And, it, yeah, they have to, you have to look at their character as well, but I think it says a lot about them – buying into what he has to say. And, you know, I look at the Boston Bruins right now. Everybody's questioning Cole Julian. You know, is he, <laughs> is he, guy, right? I know it's, it's unreal, but you know, but then I, I say it's, it's kind of interesting though. Every time this happens with Cole Julian, they go on a little streak and they win. And, and it's almost like, <laughs> Oh, you want to question our coach? So it's, that's when I see a team playing for a coach. And I see that not that anybody ever questioned Brad Stevens status as coach, but I do see them playing for him right now, and I think that's a great sign for the Celtics. Yeah, you know, I, I, would, I would think the biggest thing is I think even today, you know, so the Celtics are off today. They don't have practice. There's no way for them to really kind of hit the spin machine on this Crowder story. And now part of me thinks they love 
getting a little bit of national exposure. Like this isn't <laughs> the way you want to, to wrestle into the headlines, but you take where you get it. And so there's, you know, how do you, how do you control the, the story here? How do you make sure it doesn't blossom into something that's a bit of a distraction? You know, well, Brad has his weekly appearance on the radio down here and he comes on and he just very calmly says, you know, Hey, I was surprised by what Jay said, but um, you know, I don't think it's, it speaks to his character and the way he's carried himself in two plus seasons here. And all of a sudden, like, you know, again, I hate for social media to, to be the barometer, but you see people going from like complete outrage and they put their pitchforks down and their, 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 their torches. And it's like, Oh, you know, okay. So maybe this is just an outlier an emotional reaction. And, and that's where Brad maybe has value beyond uh, what, what we see from, from most coaches is that, you know, it differs by organization, whether it's the general manager, whether it's the coach, whether it's, you know, the players, the veterans, whatever. But, you know, Brad's sort of that rock. And, you know, I think about they had a bomb scare on their plane in Oklahoma City. Well, who's the guy that the flight attendants tell? It's right. Brad, which is it's still bizarre to me that the coach is the one. I mean, I understand, you know, he's 40 years old. He, he's not, not flying the plane. Like, you know, it, it, but they trust him enough that he's going to be calm. And he's going to make the right decisions in those in those in those situations, and it just speaks to me that you know there's someone at the controls of of this Celtics you know plane call or whatever like terrible analogy I'm going for here, but he's like he's able to to to, to, to navigate these things, and you know I, I half wanted to tweet a picture of Brad with a fire extinguisher today because he took a fire, <laughs> he put it out. And now, you know, Jay will come out tomorrow, apologize, and this thing will just keep rolling, and it will be like a bump in the road. And, you know, that's what good teams do. They make sure that, that these things – you look at the bad teams in the league, and there's always something. Like, the Knicks always seem to have some craziness going on about them. Phil Jackson says another crazy thing. Celtics just don't tend to let that happen. Yep, you're absolutely right. Well, listen, Chris, keep up the great work, my friend, and uh, we'll get you on down the line. And uh, happy New Year to you and yours, all right? Right back at you, Murph. Happy all, New Year, buddy. All right, thanks, man. That's Chris Forsberg from ESPN Boston joining us discussing the Boston Celtics. Check out his work. He is great. We will be back with some more Milt Schmidt memories. Good friend of Milt and myself coming on in the next segment. Stay with us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. So what I-